I think in hearing each other than we see each other and we can have a, a, a better understanding. And then that allows the space for us to, to make mistakes. You're listening to the Mindful Mama podcast, episode number 363. Today, we're talking about authentic mothering with Soleil Moon Fry. Welcome to the Mindful Mama podcast. Here, it's about becoming a less irritable, more joyful parent. At Mindful Mama, we know that you cannot give what you do not have, and when you have calm and peace within, then you can give it to your children. I'm your host, Hunter Clark Fields. I help smart, thoughtful parents stay calm so they can have strong, connected relationships with their children. I've been practicing mindfulness for over 20 years. I'm the creator of Mindful Parenting, and I'm the author of the best-selling book, Raising Good Humans, a mindful guide to breaking the cycle of reactive parenting and raising kind, confidence. Kids. Welcome back to the Mindful Mama podcast. It is summer here, and if it is summer there, I hope you're staying cool and all that. I'm so glad you're here. Listen, if, if you haven't done so yet, make sure you've subscribed to the podcast. And if you get any value from the Mindful Mom podcast, please go and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It just takes a few seconds. Leave a rating and review. And I just would greatly appreciate it from the bottom of my heart. In just a moment, I'm going to be sitting down with... Soleil Moon Fry. Soleil Moon Fry is an actress, director, producer, screenwriter, and documentarian best known for her role as a child as Punky Brewster and her role in The Proud Family's Zoe Hauser, currently streaming on Disney+. On the heels of her recent Kid 90 documentary and reconnection to her teen self, Soleil is also raising her own teens, including her oldest daughter, who just turned 16. So I talked to Soleil about how she made a big impact on me when she was a little kid playing Punky Brewster. And, you know, we talk about wanting to protect and prepare our teen daughters as they get ready for life behind high school. We talk about teen mental health and the importance of being open and honest with your teens. So whether you have teens or younger kids, this is a fascinating conversation. It was such a joy to talk to Soleil and I hope you enjoy it too. And now join me at the table as I talk to Soleil Moon Fry. Are you struggling with kids fighting, yelling, and more despite listening to the podcast and reading all the books? Parenting can be so overwhelming and exhausting. You know, I see you and I have something that will help. Mindful Parenting SOS. I'm offering free live mindful parenting sessions starting Monday, May 6th. Basically, live mindful parenting lessons that you normally have to pay for. So if you struggle with getting your kids to listen, tantrums, misbehavior, and feeling the guilt of yelling at your kid, then you should definitely get your spot in Mindful Parenting SOS. I'll be there to answer your questions in person, and if you can't make it, we will have replays available. Don't wait to get your spot now. It's free. Go to MindfulMamaMentor.com slash SOS to register. That's MindfulMamaMentor.com slash SOS. I can't wait to see you there. All right. So this is so weird for me because you have no idea like what you did for me as a young child. Like, so I was, I don't know how old when Punky Brewster came on. I think we're, uh, you must be a couple years older than me. 
And for me, I had the whole like the socks that were like reverse, like the two layers of socks, the whole thing. I had like a hat with pins all over. I was like this funky kid who like when I was in second grade, people would be like, oh, Hunter, you're you're so weird. And then like Punky Brewster came on. It was like, wow, I had like permission to be this like funky, interesting little girl. And so I just want to tell you like that, like, it's so crazy for me to talk to you considering that, that whole piece. Like, it's interesting to imagine this impact that you had as like a tiny child. It's crazy. Thank you so much. I hold Punky so close to my heart. And I think that she has this power within me that just makes me feel so connected to her Punky power. And I fully believe in it. I believe in the punky power. I believe in the cherry power. I believe that we all have this superhero inside of us that's just bursting to get out and fly. And so I am very grateful to hear that. And I really hold her so close to my heart because she is just uh, such an amazing character and just has so much strength. And I I don't know where like punky ended and I began, you know what I mean? Because I just felt so much like her and I'm really grateful to hear that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was super empowering. I mean, I think I remember I got out into the rest of the world and thought and saw like the, the sexism and the patriarchy and all the different things. And was a little surprised. I was like, oh, I thought we had moved beyond that, you know, sort of as a young kid. I, right. like, I thought things were better, but, but yeah, no, I was totally surprised. I mean, it's so fascinating. And so then I was like, okay, well, I'm talking to Soleil for the podcast. I'm going to, I'm going to watch. I had started watching Kid 90. I'm going to watch the rest of it. And then I watched Kid 90 and I was like, oh my God, like, this is crazy. Like, this was like my teen years, like with much, you know, more attractive guys. But like, it was like all these, I ended, you know, like partying with these kids and like doing these, you know, and there were people in my you know, like I had an ex-boyfriend who died of an overdose and like all these people in my life and all these things. And I thought, my God, like if this was my life and this was her life that she documented in Hollywood, like how many other people, like it's so fascinating to even think about like, I mean, how similar that was for me. It was like such an incredible reflection. It was so crazy to to sort of thank, see that and thank anyways. you so much that was my dream of all dreams was that people would watch it through their own lens you know I mean when I when I started the journey I you know I, it, it was it was opening Pandora's box you know I kept all these videos and tapes and you know all these audio recordings and every voicemail and diary and had locked them up in these bins, you know, and they were just in these Tupperware bins locked away, you know, and, 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 and discovering them, rediscovering them and opening them was really life changing. It it changed my entire life. It changed my perspective on the world. You know, when I set out on the journey, I tried to make it about everyone but myself and about everyone else, you know, um, it started as a totally different journey. And there's a saying in documentaries that I love that is that if you set out to make the documentary you thought you were making, you weren't really listening, you know? And I like that. So as I peeled back the onion layer after layer, it just, it, it was so deeply personal. And at the same time, my dream was that people would watch it through their own lens. 
And it's been so inspiring to see people watching it through their own perspective and their own histories and their own lens and and something that was really um, so beautiful. Uh, when I was cutting cut after cut after cut, I showed someone incredibly important in my life and he's a much younger man, Hopper. And he said, I've been that 17 year old girl in the pool. And I loved it. And I, and I held that so close to my heart throughout every cut. I was like, I always want that young man to see himself in the story or that woman from, you know, from this, you know, state or this country or this man over here that like people were watching it and they were watching their own life experiences. And that was so inspiring because I, you know, I, I had someone whom I love deeply tell me at one point as I was, you know, I was, I was going through cut after cut and struggling so much. And I had people going, well, what's the story? What's the story? And he said to me, you know, I don't think there's any more universal story than the coming of age story. And I, I think that's really what it was. It was like the teen self coming of age at the same time as the adult self coming of age, you know, and I'm just so grateful to hear you say that and for the outpouring of, of incredible people through, you know, social media that have shared their stories and um, that have shared such personal stories with me. It's just been awe-inspiring and makes me want to make more and more and more <laughs> documentaries. I mean, yeah, it was so like, <clears throat> I, I I think it was really well done. In fact, I told you, like I started it and then I finished the rest like on the plane because I had started it and it was like too close to home for me at first. I was like, this is like, I didn't want to revisit like this time that was so intense and, you know, and there were parts that were dangerous, right? Like the, the drugs yeah. and the different stuff that at least like I could see what's happening there and what's happening in my own life and you know, the, the people who got hurt. And I mean, did it make you feel like, I guess for me, I was like, well, I remember looking back at some journals and then being like, you know what? I am just, I, uh, for my, my own personal journey, I like dumped them. I was like, I don't even want to read them. Right. Like I put them in the garbage and I was like, I'm a different person now. And right. so I think in a lot of ways, it's like really brave to look at that, to kind of see, to see like, oh, who who was I then? Because it's it's kind of scary to look back at those things and then to say like, well, well how did I survive this thing? Whereas the people around me were, we were all in this sort of dangerous pool and some people didn't, you know? Yeah. And, and I think you're so, you're so right about that. I think there was times in my life that I would revisit for a moment and look at a diary or, you know, try to watch a video. And I, I, I don't think I was ready. I, I don't think that I was at that place. And then I, an interesting thing happened. I, I turned 40 and I had this interesting weekend where, you know, I had this, you know, this, uh, this, this question that, that happened where literally I was like, okay, I, I have these beautiful children. I was in a beautiful marriage and Yet at the same time, I was like, okay, wait, who am I separate from my children, my husband at the time, you know, like, who am I? Because mm. I I feel like I remember that there's like this artist inside and all of these things. And, and I think that I, I just had that, like, that question of like, you know, I, I also, you know, of what it, 
what is inside of me, that spark that I associated with youth, if that makes sense to you. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I always mm-hmm. thought like, oh, this fire inside is like, that's what it is to be young. Do you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. now I was like, oh, but like what happened? And, and, and I also felt like we were so full of joy and happiness and light and love. And some of my best friends didn't make it out of that time, you know, and I remember those people, you know, so many of those people that are in the documentary, like we were so joyful and so happy, like what happened? Why aren't they here now? So I had all these questions and, and so I went to look back and, and there was such a rediscovery in those tapes and in those diaries. And yes, there was so much joy and so much happiness. And also there was a lot of pain and uh and so to really like re-examine all of that and and this fascinating thing happened whereas the deeper and deeper i went the more painful it was and also the more healing i was doing and the more this like fire that i thought had to do with being you know a teenager or you know in my early 20s it was like it all started coming back like that fire inside and i was like oh my god like this is part of my sole purpose. Like I love journalism. I was always that kid that carried the camera everywhere I went and (laughs) I documented everything. And it was like, that was my life. And then at some point it's like, I just wanted to live in, you know, in this other world, which was also beautiful, having a family and all of those things. And it was so pretty and beautiful and, and joyful in so many ways, but I just locked it all away. So I locked the tapes you know, I stopped carrying a camera with me everywhere I went. I stopped writing in the diaries and I just was living in that experience, which was also incredible. But in this rediscovery, it was like that, that fire came back, you know, and that, that spark of like, oh, this is what it feels like to be like back in, in the art of it, you know? Yeah. And that sort of creative aspect. I mean, I guess that makes sense. Like after a certain time, like in motherhood, right. You're, you know, you're, you're, you're create, it's creative. You're creating humans. You're, you're, you know, you're creating a family, you're creating rhythms, you're creating all of these things, you're creating traditions, you're doing all this stuff. And then after a while, like as a certain, you know, your kids get to a certain age, things are rolling, things are cool, you know, and then where, where is that, that creative energy sort of going? Um, I mean, yeah. And I mean, I, you know, it's interesting because I mean, I am so, I mean, I'm so in love with my kids and this was such a, they, they even like sacrificed so much by going through this process because I was like going through my own, you know, teen years while they're going through their teen years, which was, was incredible that they have been so supportive. And also it, it, it I believe that the whole experience like led to such a transformation in our lives from my marriage to like our lives. I mean, just transformed completely. Mm. I mean, so what did it make you worry about your kids? I mean, it's interesting because I think about that. Sometimes I think about, you know, so I, I, like I said, I had a similar, very similar childhood, Tina to yours. And sometimes I think about, oh my gosh, like the things I did at the ages I did them, it's like hard to conceive now. Like my children are, it's such a different world for them. Like they're, you know, like I went on my first date when I was like with an 11 year old and did, you know, when I had, you know, I got the most drunk maybe I've ever been in my life the summer before ninth grade year, like young thing. Like I did all these things like really young 
And yeah. I think of my children now, and that's like inconceivable for them. Like, the, you know, I have yeah. a 15 year old and a 12 year old, and they're just, they're, it's a, such a different world. It's like they're, they're, in some ways, it's so much safer for kids. There's like less teen pregnancy and all these just different things, but kids aren't going out as much. You know, it, it's like such a different world. So I don't know. I just was wondering, like, yeah, did it make you worry about your teens? Did it, how did it make you think about them differently? I want to tell you about a great podcast that you should check out, especially if you ever deal with any school system, which you probably do. It's called Understood Explains. This season of the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert Juliana Ortube, and it's all about how to navigate individual education plans, also known as IEPs. And this season of Understood Explains covers topics like how to tell if your child needs an IEP and busts common myths about special education. So I checked out the episode on the difference between IEPs and 504 plans because my daughter Maggie uses a 504 plan and it was really, really helpful. It went over all the differences, which one's better, how to get them, different myths and what your rights are, all kinds of different things that you should understand if your child may need extra help in education through an IEP or a 504 plan. The tone is super helpful, friendly, and smart. I highly recommend you check it out. To listen to Understood Explains, just search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's it. Understood Explains. As parents, we know that there are so many things in life that we have to compromise on. But when it comes to your health, there is no compromise. So don't go back to that doctor that doesn't really listen to you. Instead, check out ZocDoc. This is a place where you can find and book doctors who will make you feel comfortable, listen to you, and prioritize your health. And you can search by location, availability, and insurance. So literally, there's no compromises here because with ZocDoc, you've got more options than you actually know about. ZocDoc is a free app and website where you can search and compare highly rated in-network doctors near you and instantly book appointments with them online. The typical wait time to see a doctor booked on ZocDoc is between just 24 and 72 hours. That's it. You can even score same-day appointments. Go to ZocDoc.com slash mindful and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. That's ZocDoc, Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash mindful. ZocDoc.com slash mindful. You know, it made, it certainly, like, it certainly made me relate to them more, for sure. And, you know, I, I look at the, my, my kids are so incredible and, and I love them so much. And I look at what they're going through and I just, oh my God, like growing up at this time with social media, people's fingertips and, you know, you know, the, the sexualization that goes on today, you know, I, I know what I was going through, you know, as, as a teen and now seeing it through social media and like the outlet that is there and that, you know, just the world that I just, you know, you want to shelter them so much. And yet I'm just like, oh my God, this is so crazy because it's magnifying times a gazillion. And I think, you know, when we look at mental health, I don't even think we've begun to scratch the surface of, you know, what is happening to the youth 
you know, uh, around mental health today. Um, so I think, you know, everything was magnified so much in examining my experiences and then seeing what my kids were going through. And at the same time, I feel like it, it connected us so much and made us relate to each other so much more because I would continue to kind of say, oh, I know, I understand, I've been there, I've experienced it, I know what you're going through. And it's like, yeah, right. You know, and then in the process of them, you know, watching the doc and seeing these cuts, they really got to see like, oh, she actually has been through it. Do you know what I mean? She actually has been through these similar experiences. And although, you know, although they're different and they're so their own people, I think it made us relate and connect to each other even deeper. Hmm. Well, that's, uh, that's the only outcome you'd want, right? Like is to like help it bring you together. Uh, totally. At the same time, I think there's times when I'm like, okay, I'm, I, I know that I'm mother first and foremost. There are other times that I think because of this experience of living this doc in a way that I feel so young in so many ways, because it's like, I've been living with my teen self for the last however many years. So Sometimes I slip into that role of like, but they feel like such good friends. And it's like, I know I need to be mom, but I also like, I want to have, I want to have honesty with them and be able to talk to them and have these conversations. And I think sometimes I'm so honest or so open with them mm -hmm. that, um, that I sometimes find myself like, God, I just, I just want to hang out with them because they're so fun. And like, I just, I, I love, I love talking to them. I love you know, I love sharing with them. And then I'm like, oh my God, have I said too much? You know what I mean? I like, I sometimes, I sometimes question that, but then it's like, I, I know other people or friends that like, don't really know what's going on in their kids' lives and don't know what's going on in their teenagers' lives and have not shared kind of the messier parts of their lives. So then their kids don't share with them. And then they're not really aware of what's really go going on. And, and sometimes it's, it's, it can be, I think really dark because, you know, there's so much that's hidden, you know, and I would way mm -hmm. rather my kids feel that they could be open with me and have an open line of communication than, than keeping secrets. Yeah, I, I agree. Like, I think that transparency is always better, you know, to be honest, to be real and transparent, yeah. even in, in all those things. I mean, yeah, we don't necessarily, I've certainly haven't told my kids everything about my childhood but I mean do you find that like are there things that you um now with your kids like so you have like a really open transparent relationship are are there things that you did like I think about like when my kids were little I listened to my four-year-old my daughter who's 15 now when she was four like talk endlessly about like my little ponies and like and like shutterfly doing whatever and you know twilight sparkle and and i feel like that piece of like listening was a piece that really allowed them to say oh okay like this is the habit like we're i listen to you i see you i respect you do you feel like are there things that are there seeds that you planted i mean now look kind of if you you have a you have an older da teenage daughter are there seeds that you planted when they were young that like allowed them to be so open with you you know, I think that's a great question. Yeah, I mean, we read a lot of The Giving Tree. So a lot of our <laughs> a lot of our foundations were from like early childhood books. Um, but really, I think, you know, I always really spoke to them about, um, 
about knowing what was going on and like just being honest about things. And, um, and so, yeah, I think there was a lot of those earlier dialogues around coming to me. And by the way, it doesn't mean that they always did because they certainly have done things without me knowing and things behind my back, but, um, in, in the most loving way, but just, you know, because they are, uh, teens, uh, you know, exploring their world. But at the same time, I think that, I think they're a lot more honest with me than a lot of people are with their kids. And, and so that's been, um, or a lot of people are with their parents. So that's been really amazing. And I do think it comes from having those early conversations. You're working for helping kids, to, parents to get to know and learn about the meningitis B vaccine, which I'm super excited to talk about. But I want to, I'm thinking like, that about our kids and and the differences they're having today and the challenges they're having today and the mental health challenges that teens are having today. What are, what are you seeing as far as like the, you know, you saw, you know, you documented a lot of the challenges that were happening or a lot of the things that were happening in your own life back when you were a teen. What are you seeing now that's happening maybe through your own kids or, or through teens in general? So, you know, I've asked my kids a lot about what they think is affecting mental health amongst their peers most today. And we've spoken about, you know, whether or not it's social media and, Mm. and, you know, the effect of um, what they're intaking, you know, all around. And, And certainly I think that is, you know, a part of it. And you look at the statistics of depression amongst teens right now, and it's just, it's crazy. Uh, it's 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 mind blowing, and it it certainly makes me incredibly emotional thinking about it. And something that they said that I thought was an incredible observation is that it's not just about the likes and the things that you know we see. Of course, we all know you know what's being fed to us of you know what the idea of beauty looks like to different people. You know all of those things that we know about. Something that was really interesting, though, is that they brought up how through social media, you're able to see everyone's lives and you're able to see all of your peers' lives. So there's there's so much of this this fear of missing out. And, mm. you know, when your friends are hanging out, you see them hanging out with each other. You see them posting together. You see this person with that person at school and this friend group with this friend group. And so we didn't have that when we were kids growing up, right? Like if you called your friend and they weren't there, then maybe, you know, they were out with another friend, but then you went and did something else or you were at home and you, you there was a chance to process, right? Mm-hmm. And you weren't getting that from 50 different people you knew through school, right? Or your, your, your middle school, your high school, your elementary school, you're not seeing everybody at the same time doing it. And I think that, is a really compelling observation because you now have this magnification of seeing everybody you know's lives in all of these different circles going on. And what happens to any kid, whether you're someone that's more introverted or whether you're somebody that's extroverted when you don't feel seen or heard or like you found your community or your person or your best friend. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think it's got to be an incredibly lonely 
painful place. And then at your fingertips, there's a whole world to turn to. Um, Mm -hmm. and, and certainly I think it's very easy to then, you know, go into trying to be stimulated elsewhere and get attention in other ways. And, and so, you know, I'm not a psychologist, although I am fascinated by psychology and I certainly wanted to study it in college and started to, and, uh, and yet I'm an incredibly passionate person around studying human behavior. And, and to me, I think that is something that I'm seeing that is, um, is something that I just think we're, we're, we're just not talking about enough. And I think mental health is, in, in my opinion, is, is something that is, is so important to talk about and communicate about. And I hope that in some way my documenting or being a journalist will, um, hopefully dive into aspects of, of mental health that I think are really important to examine and, and, and ultimately without judgment, you know, to try to not have judgment around people. I, I tend to really fall in love with the people that I make documentaries about, you know, or that are part of them. And, and I feel like, um, my dream is to continue to tell stories that are really moving and important, um, that are really personal without being exploitive and, mm-hmm. um, and to try to continue to raise the best children I can that are, that are socially aware. But so anyway, it's a long way yeah, of saying yeah, that yeah. I think there's a lot to examine, but I think that that is a really incredible observation that they had that I think is very, um, real. Yeah. I mean, it's like a crazy, like mental divide, right? Like when, if you were, when you were young and you were, your friends were out, you you weren't seeing that you mentioned like this, this magnification, but this idea that like also your mind can be with your friends, your, you know, your mind can be, it's like, there's a, a a divide between being present to your own life, right? Like the, this it's, we're creating this situation where we're less and less able to be present to what is because we know all the things that are happening on the other side, right? We can't just say, let it go because we can look at it, we can see it. And, and that's, you know, that's so sticky and, and, and alluring to look at. And it's like this inability to, to, to really embrace wherever you are, even. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm so grateful that my kids really like they, they'll even take it upon themselves to take, you know, hiatuses from social media or from their phones. And, um, they love to watch John Hughes movies and listen to music. And, and so I'm so grateful that they have interests, you know, that are outside of, um, outside of, uh, like social media and things like that. I do think though that they are, you know, and, and they're so, um, passionate about being of service to others. And, um, and they also are really incredible at observing the world around them. And so I, I just think it's so fascinating. It's so fascinating. Yeah. I think that's really key is to like, encourage, just keep that dialogue open about like, what is this doing to us? How how is this making us feel? And what else are you doing to, you know, what else can we do? How can we kind of combat this? Because we are kind of in like a crazy experiment, you know, with our kids. Absolutely. All right. So I just want to, so you're working on promoting this meningitis B vaccine. I'm just curious because I think it's such a, this issue has become like 
crazy with the whole pandemic and everything. And I know a lot of listeners, you know, there are listeners who, you know, feel all different ways about vaccines. And I'm just wondering if you, did you ever have any hesitancies about like any vaccines you give to your kids? Yeah, I had a lot of, I had a lot of questions um, around vaccinations and and I I love that we've been able to have this open dialogue around, you know, I had questions around spacing out vaccinations and, and lots of questions. So I can totally understand that there's so many different people with so many different, you know, belief systems. Um, I think something that was a a real awakening for me is uh, I have this incredible honor to work with CORE, which is um, CORE Response is a a nonprofit that was co-founded by Sean Penn and Ann Lee. And we started work after the earthquake in Haiti together. I started working with them and now it's been many, many years and we do disaster relief across the globe. And uh, it's been truly next to my children, something that I'm really most proud of. And during the pandemic, we started doing test sites and vaccinations across, across the globe. Um, and so we have gone, we've had test sites all across the country. We have had, you know, we had the Dodgers Stadium site in which we had hundreds upon hundreds upon hundreds upon hundreds of volunteers every day. Um, we worked together with the Los Angeles Fire Department, the mayor here. We are doing work in, you know, Brazil. We've been doing work in India, across the globe, and have literally administered millions of tests and and millions of vaccinations and you know being being a part of that and seeing our team members on the front lines it just um really I felt so much more educated and and so much more aware and and it really um it really informed a lot of my personal you know um my personal beliefs so so it's a long way of saying that I, I literally have, have learned so much in the last two years. I think it's been a journey for so many of us. And, mm-hmm. and really for me, the most important thing is that we get to have conversations and that we live in a country in which we can have open dialogues and conversations. And, um, and so when a dear friend and I were talking, we were, we were talking and she brought up meningitis B, which I assumed that when kids are younger, they get the meningitis vaccination and that's that. And like wait, um, meningitis and, is the, uh, what we remember in college as the kissing disease, right? Phil well, so, 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 it's <laughs> inter- so, 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 so meningitis. So normally when kids are younger, you have the meningitis vaccination. Meningitis B uh, does hit very much so um, ages 16 to 23. And when kids are college age, uh, you know, and going off to college and sharing utensils or <laughs> whatever you said, right? And, you know, they're they're in s- s- close quarters and all of that, um, you know, it's it, it, it can be spread and ultimately is a very deadly disease that can ultimately take someone's life within 24 hours. Wow. Uh, and, um, and I had no idea. I really didn't know. And I was like, well, if I didn't know about this, then I assume there's a lot of other people that don't know about this. And so it's been a really interesting learning experience. 
And it's a vaccine that like is recently developed. So, so my 15 year old may not have had that now when she was young, I've got to like check basically. Right. Right. So the number, so as an example, in, in 2020, they did a study and I mean, literally the numbers of people that had actually had the vaccination. I mean, it's, it's literally crazy. Like seven out of 10, um, had not had the vaccination. Oh, you know, in 2020. Okay. Yeah. So the, it's, it's really, it's really staggering. And friends of mine, you know, immediately thought, oh, well, meningitis, like my kids had it when they were, you know, younger. And so there's this assumption that it's the same vaccination, which it's not. Okay. All right. So we got to check on it. Dear listener, we got to check on our meningitis B B vaccine and, uh, and get it. I don't, yeah. So, so my gonna... daughter just got her first, my daughter had mm-hmm. her, has just gotten her first vaccination against okay. meningitis B. She's 16. She's getting ready to go off to, you know, she's looking at colleges and traveling and all of that. And so I was like, okay, <laughs> we had this conversation again, we had a conversation and that's really to me what this is at, about, you know, people can go to asktobesure.com to learn more and really about having a dialogue about being able to ask your doctor, you know, that we get to be advocates for our families and have the conversation together. And I think it's just about educating ourselves to be able to have that conversation. No one told us the truth about parenthood. Why? This is the podcast everyone needed before they had kids because now that those little ones are here, whew, there is a lot to unpack. I'm Rachel Shepardota, and I am your host for the podcast, No One Told Us, where we tell the truth about parenting and let you in on all the stuff you really should have known about before having kids. I am the founder of Hey Sleepy Baby, but this podcast is so much more than sleep. We'll be diving into all the topics that you really care about and need to know while you do your best job raising those adorable, tidy humans. Our goal is to just make you feel less alone and less overwhelmed. There are so many things that no one tells us before becoming a parent, and I think that we should really pull back the curtain on becoming a first-time or second-time mom or dad to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll have a little education, a little fun, and a whole lot of heart that goes into each and every episode. So join me and our amazing guests each week to hear us talk about what no one told us. Well, hey there, Busy Mama. Are you looking for ways to make your life easier, your home less chaotic, and at the same time, add more joy to your life? My name is Deanna Yates, and I'm the host of Wanna Be Clutter Free, a podcast all about letting go of the stuff we don't need in our lives so that we can focus on what truly matters. Don't worry, I'm not going to tell you to throw it all away or make you feel guilty about keeping something you love, no matter how many other people don't quite understand it but I will give you practical and more importantly, actionable advice so that you can make progress right away. And you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests too. It's like having your bestie in your pocket, telling you it's okay to let go of the things that are not serving you and your family in a totally non-judgmental way. So join me over on the podcast where we can work on progress over perfection for those of us that want to be clutter-free. So I want to like rewind just a little bit because, um, because you are obviously very open with your kids. You're having a lot of open dialogue. Is this something that was the way from the way you were raised? Like, was that a good seed that was planted from your own parents? Um, Totally. Yeah. yeah. My mom, my mom was always like, if you're going to do something, do it in the safety of your home. You know, like if you're (laughs) going to experiment, then please do it here. 
not to say that I always did, but definitely like it was encouraged that we be honest and have an open line of communication for sure. That's cool. That's cool. So they were, sounds like they were, or your mom, you were, were you raised by your mom mostly? I'm trying to remember that. I, yeah. I watched your documentary. Yeah. yeah I my mom remember is this. Yeah. <laughs> <No>, totally. <laughs> Awesome. And so you wanted to pass down, you wanted to pass down that, you wanted to pass down that open dialogue. Are, is there anything like, you know, a lot of what we talk about here on the Mindful Mama podcast, we talk about wanting to change generational patterns, right? Because we were passed down some really good things yes. and maybe some things that weren't so good. So were there, was there, totally. were, was there anything you were like, I got to change this? <laughs> A thousand percent, a thousand percent. I mean, there's so many um, things that I, that I've learned. You know, I mean, it, it's been such a it's been such a wild journey. I mean, from from the fact that I mean, going for through this transformation after being with someone whom I love deeply for you know, I mean, I still love deeply, you know, but being married to someone for over twenty years and then you know, and then as, as life, you know, you go through these transformations and you grow and sometimes you go together and sometimes you go differently, you know, and, and, um, and so, so there's been so many patterns of looking at it. And then I think it's super fascinating because we went through the transformation and like the first person that I dated, like the very first person I dated literally was, there's so many similarities between he and the person that I dated like at 17 years old in kid 90. So it was like, I opened up this, like this, like literally time capsule and I stepped right back to my like 17 year old self. And I'm like, Oh, well, that's interesting, isn't it? I mean, down to like, you know, I mean, literally down to like the tattoos, <laughs> music interest. I mean, I was like, let me open up the time machine and like, you know, and oh, this looks fun, you know. And um, uh, and with that said, it's so fascinating because in a way, so many of the things, and, and, you know, this is like a whole discussion we have to dive into when I come to talk about like my next documentary, but, um, you know, something that was so interesting is like, there was a big part of me that, you know, had all these crazy wild experiences. And then it was like, I settled down, not, you know, not that I just settled down. It was like, I found somebody who's very traditional and the total opposite of the different people I dated and, you know, tradition and marriage and kids. And it was like, I had had such an unorthodox childhood in so many ways that there was this beauty and the stability of it. And so I found it really interesting that when I picked up where I left off kind of in a way, there was still, you know, all of these things that I hadn't yet experienced. And so it's this really interesting thing where it's been like, revisiting my teen self in many ways and like this mm -hmm. this opportunity to like hug her and and hold on to her and nurture her and also to do it with a new perspective because I didn't understand self-love the way that I do now mm -hmm. and so it's like being able to revisit that that teenage me that maybe didn't feel good enough or didn't feel worthy enough or all of those things that, you know, I explore in the documentary mm -hmm. with this perspective of a deeper level of self-love. Mm -hmm. And 
So, you know, looking at it as more of a corrective pattern, it doesn't mean that there's not pain in it or that the relationships that we get into are going to be perfect or, you know, that there's this perfect happy ending or, or that you tie it with a bow. It's more like, how does this experience allow me to grow? And am I in my expansion? And that's something that I try to ask myself a lot, which is like, you know, are we constricting or are we expanding? And as long as we're expanding, then I think we're growing and that we continue to come of age at all these different stages of our life and that we can, you know, create new beautiful patterns and and not that we don't have to live in the same patterns of our past or, you know, mm-hmm. of our parents' past. And mm-hmm. And in, you know, recreating these incredible, you know, new patterns, then like we allow our children to to do the same and create their journeys, you know? Yeah. I mean, we create a permission in some ways, like through our modeling. I mean, in the same way, like kind of circling back to like Elon Punky Brewster, creating this permission for people like me out in the world to be whoever they wanted to be and to be sort of, right. you know, not like maybe conform to the mold totally. and, and this sort of creating permission. Now thinking about this idea of like modeling and creating permission, you know, think about this, that idea of like that worthiness that we may not have felt as a teen. Like I'm, I'm with you there as far as that idea of like, at this point in my life, I've more like I love and accept myself completely. Like I'm, I'm completely okay with, you know what I mean? And not everybody can, you know, that's incredible, but like how with that piece about that, how do you get to pass that? How do you try anyway to like pass that on to your kids? You know, are are we, you know, we able to do that? You know, it's such a great, it's such a great question. And there's moments where I feel like I'm doing incredible. And then I had an experience recently where I was like, I am so strong. And then I was like, oh my God, is what I'm doing right now teaching them that I'm not strong? Because I know that I've got this strength and I want to be like a hero to them. And at the same time, I'm human, right? And so I think that it's so much of it and something that I'm learning day by day is listening to them and and trying to look at our experiences with empathy mm-hmm. and that maybe they might not understand today exactly what's going on, but maybe when they fall in love for that first, second, third time or fourth time, something sticks with them, you know? And as long as we're hearing each other and we continue to, to I think, I mean, at least this is what I'm telling myself when I mess up and <laughs> I'm just kidding. But as long as as long as I can explain my own humility, humanity, and and the fact that I'm just doing my best, then maybe um it doesn't set me, you know, I think so often we look at our parents as like these superheroes that can do no wrong. So then it's like when they're up on this pedestal and then they fall, it's like, oh my God, but you're just human. You know what I mean? So the more that I can try to be empathetic and also uh, explain that I'm going to make mistakes, but I'm certainly going to try my best, then then hopefully they can understand, you know, more. And and I think they understand more than I do so much of the time, you know? 
Yeah, they're a pretty incredible generation, I think. <laughs> yeah, um, absolutely. Well, this has been awesome, Soleil. I so appreciate talking to you. Like I said, it's like such a fascinating experience for me to kind of draw this like circle in my life and 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 talk to you in this in this way. It's so fascinating to see like uh that that sort of reflection and and an echo of experience throughout the years and and yeah, I really appreciate oh, you taking the time so to amazing. do the do the documentary to do the work like that's so I appreciate the bravery of that and I'm glad and I um, appreciate the the work for the vaccine. I think that's Aww. awesome. Way to go. Well, so thank you. And and the one thing I would just add to what we were just talking about around our kids is something that I've realized recently is just how important communication is. Mm -hmm. I think that sometimes we underestimate just how much we want to hear each other. And that's something I'm really working on because you know, I think it's so easy to get caught up in our lives and it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, okay. What's going on? Oh, cool. You know, and, and just to be heard because I think in hearing each other, then we see each other and we can have a, a, a better understanding. And then that allows the space for us to, to make mistakes or to learn from our roller coasters of emotions. I think taking the time though, to hear each other and communicate is, is, is really to me what I'm learning. I think the most important thing in in those relationships, you know. Yeah, yeah, I love that. I love that you're underlining listening at the very end because what, yeah. a, what I mean, an and, and by the way, thing. It, I mean, and because they've told me so many times, like I, we just want you to listen. We just want you to. And finally, it's like, oh, they want you to really listen and like just hear them, you know, and. I, I'm I'm really trying to do that more and also to listen to my own voice because I think that my my best friend since I was two years old said something recently that was so profound where she said, I just I just want to hear my voice again. And I think so often in life it's like the noise gets so loud and it's so easy to get so distracted. So just to take that moment to be in the now and center ourselves and try to rediscover that that inner voice and that inner knowing. Absolutely. And, and that can only make us better people, more present, all of that for our kids too, for sure. Thank you so, so much. I really, really appreciate that. Thank this. you so much. It was so nice chatting with you. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Our sound quality wasn't amazing, but it was such a cool experience to talk to Soleil. If you love this episode, please do me a favor, share it on your Instagram stories. Tag me in it at Mindful Mama Mentor, and you can tag Soleil in it. And you might as well follow me there. Fill your feed with some awesome mindful parenting inspiration. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you, thank you. So great to connect. I hope you're enjoying this. It's such a joy to be able to do this work, to bring all these amazing people to you. So I hope you're enjoying it. Please do let me know if you are. And I cannot wait to connect with you again next week. And until then, I'm hoping for you peace and ease and joy and moments of real presence and connection with your children. Thank you so much for listening, my friend. Namaste.
I'd say definitely do it. It's really helpful. It will change your relationship with your kids for the better. It will help you communicate better. And just, I'd say communicate better as a person, as a wife, as a spouse. It's been really a positive influence in our lives. So definitely do it. I'd say definitely do it. It's so worth it. The money really is inconsequential when you get so much benefit from being a better parent to your children and feeling like you're connecting more with them and not feeling like you're yelling all the time or you're like, why isn't things working? I would say definitely do it. It's so, so worth it. It'll change you. No matter what age someone's child is, it's a great opportunity for personal growth and it's a great investment in someone's family. I'm very thankful I have this. You can continue in your old habits that aren't working or you can learn some new tools and gain some perspective to shift everything in your parenting. Are you frustrated by parenting? Do you listen to the experts and try all the tips and strategies, but you're just not seeing the results that you want? Or are you lost as to where to start? Does it all seem so overwhelming with too much to learn? Are you yearning for a community of people who get it, who also don't want to threaten and punish to create cooperation? Hi, I'm Hunter Clark Fields, and if you answered yes to any of these questions, I want you to seriously consider the Mindful Parenting membership. You'll be joining hundreds of members who have discovered the path of mindful parenting and now have confidence and clarity in their parenting. This isn't just another parenting class. This is an opportunity to really discover your unique, lasting relationship, not only with your children, but with yourself. It will translate into lasting, connected relationships, not only with your children, but your partner too. Let me change your life. Go to mindfulparentingcourse.com to add your name to the waitlist, so you will be the first to be notified when I open the membership for enrollment. I look forward to seeing you on the inside mindfulparentingcourse.com. Feel like you're the martyr in your family? You're not alone. Hey, this is Joanne. And Brie. And we're from the No Guilt Mom podcast. Brie, we talk to a lot of moms. Yeah, we sure do. And if you're a mom who has a to-do list that is so massive that you get overwhelmed and you shut down. Or if you fall into the habit of doing everything for everyone and don't know how to change it, we can help you become a No Guilt Mom. We're going to take you from family martyr to family model. That's role model so that you role model the behavior that you want to see out of your kids. You're going to go from being tired and overwhelmed to energized and guilt-free. Every week, you'll get actionable strategies that you can implement right away from the experts that we interview and from us. We also have a whole lot of fun. So check out the No Get Mom podcast everywhere you listen to your favorite shows.